The Cybersecurity Hall of Fame has a new class of members, and among this year's inductees is Gene Backard, a computer science professor and executive director of the Center for Education and Research in Information Assurance and Security at Purdue University. A pioneer in computer security, the Cybersecurity Hall of Fame, in naming Spafford, cites his co-development of the first free intrusion detection system distributed on the Internet and being the first expert to use the word firewall. Spaff is recognized as one of the nation's foremost information security experts, known for his writing, research, and speaking on issues of security and ethics. He has brought that expertise to Washington as a witness testifying before Congress and as a one-time member of the President's Information Technology Advisory Committee. Congratulations and welcome, Spaff. Thank you. There's much more to your contribution to IT security information than cited by the Hall of Fame. What within the field has given you the most satisfaction? There are three areas, there are three general areas where I, I believe I made contributions, and all have provided satisfaction. One where I'm very well known is cybersecurity education. I've long been a proponent of an interdisciplinary approach to that, increased resources and, and greater professionalism in what's taught. That's one area that continues to bring me a, a, a great deal of uh, satisfaction as I work with students and I see some of my graduates do well. Uh, second area is in the area of public policy. And as you noted, I've spent quite a bit of time in Washington. I work with various agencies and officials, testified before Congress, and trying to raise their awareness of what's involved in cybersecurity and what some of the limitations are in computing has been an area where I, I believe I've had some impact and that makes me feel good about it. And then the third area is certainly over the years I've been working in research on a number of different concepts in intrusion detection, basically help get digital forensics as a field started. I've done work in network defenses, in, in malware, and, and a number of other kinds of things. And seeing some of those ideas take root in both industry and, and other research has also been very gratifying. Your active involvement as a leader in IT security dates back to the 1980s, a time when the internet was unknown to most people and used by a select few in the government, military, and academia. What's similar to the approach to IT security back then that continues today? In the 1980s, the majority of the population was known and were largely trusted on systems. So controls weren't exercised as well in all but select environments. In those select environments, there was a significant concern about who had access and keeping the systems up to date. Some of that now has become more widespread. That's a change where awareness of what's running on systems is important, as is authentication. Most things about security back then for the risks, the threats, the assets that were under guard, and the types of systems running have all changed so dramatically that other than basic underlying fundamental principles, there's not a lot left that's really the same. Taking that obviously into account, can you discuss your evolution in thinking about IT security? Were there certain things when you got your graduate degree degrees back in the 80s, and as you look at things now, how have you changed in your approach to IT security? 
When I was getting my PhD, one of the big concerns I had was about the uh, correctness of software and how flaws in developing software could lead to either accidental or malicious shutdowns and alterations. That has been an underlying concept of my thinking in all the years since because it is still the case that systems that aren't built and designed with care are susceptible to faults and to attacks. The industry as a whole and much of the research has pulled back from that and is more focused on guarding the perimeter or regulating who has access. And some of my research certainly has gone to methods in those stand-back defenses. But I continue to return to the problem of how do we make sure that the system as written is as strong as we can make it. Why do you suspect many people in the IT security field don't go back to the kind of fundamental that you just described? There are intrinsically hard problems for protecting systems from the very beginning, designing with security in mind. There appears to be some kinds of low-hanging fruit from addressing certain kinds of current threats and building some standoff defenses. And in particular, the reason those are attractive is because they would cost less and they would require less disruption of the current user environment than going back and designing basically from the hardware up to make systems more resistant. This little hanging fruit you speak of, how much has that have to do with the change of the threat landscape? It has some relationship to the threat landscape and also a little bit to the asset landscape. When there were only a half dozen large computers in an enterprise, it was very easy to see that protecting those systems by building them to be strong was important. As we've gone to more and more distributed systems, first desktops and laptops, now tablets and smartphones and the like, there are so many endpoints to protect that it is much more difficult to administer the security when those are largely being run by people with no background and the goal is to produce as many of them as possible at lowest cost. It's a combination both of the threats being much more organized and trying to do many systems at once, attack many systems at once, but, but also the underlying architecture of what it is we're protecting. One of the areas that you have expertise in is in ethics and the ethical standards of IT and IT security practitioners have been brought to the forefront by the leaks of classified details of a number of top secret government mass surveillance programs intentionally leaked by NSA contractor Edward Snowden. What is the state of the ethics within the IT and IT security field? This is an area that is still being developed by those of us in the profession. There are a number of things that are generally recognized as appropriate modes of behavior so that the public places appropriate trust in us. These are embodied in organizational canons of ethics. Uh, the ISC squared has some that people with those certifications are required to adhere to. Organizations like the ACM and the uh, IEEE Computer Society have codes of conduct. Those are recognized by many, although perhaps not really held out as a good example to younger people joining the field. But if we're really going to develop as a profession, we have to have behavior that's generally agreed upon that allows society at large to place a certain amount of trust in us because we're running critical equipment and, and managing critical data for them respecting privacy, doing what we can to protect the security and longevity of their information, protecting intellectual property, providing systems that react fairly. Those are all things that we should hold in high regard. The students that you teach, 
those from several decades ago to those of today. Do they discuss these type of ethics? We include it in our coursework and our material around the program in general. We talk about it uh, as well about issues of research ethics and respecting people's differences and uh, their autonomy. Even within our interdisciplinary program, there's a required course on technology and ethics for students to have to take to be able to, to graduate. There's a required test that all our graduate students have to go through after working through some online modules on issues of, of ethics. We do stress it because security is the, the study of how to increase trust, and trust at its basis comes from people, and people's behaviors are very important for that. Are the attitudes of students today any different from those of two, three decades ago? I think fundamentally what I've seen is that the general attitudes of students are very similar to what they were several decades ago, but the situations they confront and their awareness of various issues has changed. They are aware of different uses of computing than what we saw two decades ago and a different impact on people's lives. That does create different discussions, but the underlying values have remained relatively consistent. Finally, what gives you hope and what perhaps torments you about the current state of IT security? I continue to have hope by the increasing numbers of concerned, intelligent individuals who are getting involved in the area, who want to actually do the right thing in a fundamental way, even if they don't know what it is yet, who are concerned with trying to make our systems and our computing environment better. And that has always been something that has been a bright light, I think, in motivating me to continue on in this area is because of all those wonderful people uh, that I continue to work with and meet. Sometimes discourages me, however, is the attitude by so many in business and government that this has to be done as cheaply as possible. The solutions should somehow just be an add-on to whatever currently exists and that we can somehow work magic with software on top of fundamentally unsound platforms. Learning curve there to get over that and also the, the mistaken concept privacy has to be sacrificed for better security. It's those kinds of misapprehensions and continually trying to educate the public and particularly policymakers about that. That is discouraging. It can be done, but it is discouraging and we need more people working at it. Thanks, Beth. Thank you very much. I've been speaking with Gene Spafford, one of the latest inductees to the Cybersecurity Hall of Fame. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.